can I do for you, Jim? I said give me the brandy! And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Buff Bourguignon. French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. It's a perfectly delicious dish. So we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it should cook very, very slowly just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling. You don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the soft grain out. And then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. You want the flavor of the onions and the beef to all blend themselves with the stew. That's going a little too hard, so I'll put it at the side. There. In about two or three minutes, if you have it in the icebox, you heat it up very slowly and baste the meat with the sauce. And then, and then you cover it and, and simmer it very slowly for about two or three minutes until everything is tender and hot through. Well, now this is ready to serve. Right now. Hi, this is Binks Deep Cove, and you're listening to Eat It and Beat It on the Two True Freaks Network. Come and get it. Hello, and welcome to Eat It, a podcast about food. And this month, well, let me introduce myself. My name is Jean-Luc Picant, and I'm here with intergalactic space liquor expert, Tranya. Hello. Yes. Spelled Tranla. Yeah, it's an old family name, um, so, so get it right. And, and I know that as you're listening to this, um, Thanksgiving is probably right around the corner, wouldn't you say? Or very close, or definitely? Yes, yeah, it is right so, around the corner. So, you know, we thought about, we have done traditional Thanksgiving episodes, but this year, we're knocking it out of the park with Thanksgiving from space. Yeah, and it's not just, uh, you know, we could do, and maybe down the line we will do, like, space food and do, like, astronaut food and astronaut ice cream and stuff like that. But that's not what we're doing. We're we're honing it. We're we're laser laser focusing, or rather phaser focusing. Yes, thank you. It's a it's it's all Star Trek food, the food of Star Trek, and you know, I looked up. There are Star Trek recipes. There's two 
two famous Star Trek cookbooks, the Star Trek Cooking Manual, which I think came out in like 1978, and then a Star Trek cookbook, which came out, I think, Voyager era, because I think that character Neelix is... Oh, Neelix. Neelix. Neelix is on the cover, because he was the cook or whatever, so it's a Neelix cookbook. And you know what? I think those things are lame you know yeah, the star wars co- hey yeah. it's wookie cookies yeah, no no yeah. like kashik is like here's a dried out old chipmunk creature that we found on the ground or a bat or a yeah yeah bat. yeah yeah a or, bat squirrel you, you roast a fucking ewok and i would be interesting uh, mm-hmm. interested in it but you know yeah those things are just thrown together money makers you know i doubt anyone's ever made anything from those cookbooks um but oh they you know, have they have. I mean, I mean, they have, but it's like you know, there's no, there's no real love in that, in that shit. I mean, there's no, there, there's no Ewok recipes and and stuff like that. And but you know, to get into starting, how many? Now you and I, you know, where I we consider myself, I consider myself a pretty big Star Trek fan. Uh, I know you do too, but you actually have the luxury of not have seen, you've not seen all of the series, have you? I mean, no. Your your knowledge goes pretty much TV wise from the original to, series to the movies to the next generation, correct? Or that's have you it. Got... Yeah, I don't well, know nothing about Deep Space Nine, about the Voyager. <laughs> I don't know nothing about Enterprise. Well, those are all new to you. You do know Discovery, so you did jump. Yes. You did jump a little bit, but um, you're going. You're going. You know, you're definitely filling in the gap. I gotta say, Discovery the... really didn't have any kind of food stuff going on no it's it just had much, a it just had a short track episode i believe where the replicator um went kind of bonkers and shot food at tilly uh but that's about it yeah uh yeah yeah but yeah i envy you because you've got a lot of you can always watch these other episodes where they actually mm-hmm. get into some of the history of uh, what we're going to be talking about today and so i'm kind of jealous of you there it's all new territory for you whenever you decide to to uh it's it's not it's not that i haven't over time though read lots about oh yeah you know you knew the the food replicator yeah and stuff like that you know i'm aware i'm aware of you know i mean and just like i'm aware of it i'm aware i'm aware of it like i like i i went and looked up some a few like just you know star trek food stuffs i mean there's obvious stuff like earl gray tea is uh that's a that's a Star Trek achievable goal for everybody. Can it is. Earl Grey tea like yeah, like Jean Luc Picard. I'm sure um, there are some coffees out there called Roth and Gino, like on uh, Deep Space Nine. That was a coffee uh-huh. of choice that that they drank. You can probably find some blends called uh-huh. that as well. Tranya is a big deal because mm-hmm. it, it's a hilarious sequence from the original <laughs> series, and <laughs> and it also features. Um, What's his name? Ron, Ron Howard. Brother. Ron Howard's, Ron Howard's uh, gnarly-looking teeth uh, brother. Who, as, a, who, as a little kid. <laughs> who gets surprisingly a lot of work, even in Star Trek. Yes. He's been yeah. in, he's, he's been in, uh, in the Discovery as well. He's like as, Ron. They were both. I think their family, their family was both uh, both involved in the film in the film industry. So I think I think the the those, those boys had an in early on. They did. You know, and they, probably, really they were good. probably around film sets all their lives and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I mean, if you got the look, he has the look that he can get work. John C. Riley has the look, you know? 
Yeah. Ron Howard had a look. Yeah, you know, he wears a baseball cap all the time. But if you have, if you're weird looking or good looking, you know, you can find work always. Ron Howard just did the classic. I wanna, I wanna direct. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And he's, uh, he's perfectly happy with that. But yeah, we're we're getting into Star Trek food. And, sorry um, and Brandy. Oh yeah. Sorry, sorry and Brandy. Brandy. Captain I, Kirk getting loaded in the, oh, the enemy within. Loaded. And swilling sorry and brandy. If I am not mistaken, the character of Linus that had a couple of brief cameos in the first season of Discovery, he is a Saurian. It's oh. a reptilian. Do you, do you know Linus, the one that, there was an episode where uh, a short take or something where he sneezed in the elevator and yes. blew like these boogers? That's Linus. Oh. He is, he's a Saurian. So we get our look at what they look like. But. Going back to food, I know as a kid, um, watching the original series, everything was was great, and I wanted to be on the Enterprise until I actually saw pretty much what the food was that they were eating, which looked like Jello jigglers for the most part. Yeah, you know? so it was a little cute. It was little space cubes of of colored stuff, of colored sort of stuff. like the paste in two thousand and one, but like yeah. But that was you know that was classic 60s of like this is what we'll eat in space you know yeah, and this is what people during that a lot of the uh of the time were eating not necessarily jello jigglers but they were eating freeze-dried food and food yeah. you squeeze from a from a tube you know so it with the time period it kind of you know it kind of fits into what real astronauts were eating at the time it was nothing uh with you know Gravity plating, of course. God, I can't believe I know shit like that. Gravity, this is why I'll never amount to fucking anything. Well, with the invention of gravity plating, you know, ships didn't have to spin anymore. You didn't have to worry about your food floating away. Right. And, you know, you could enjoy uh, regular, regular foods. But it was pretty much, if you think of space, and I don't think Gene Roddenberry put much interest in what people ate on on these, on these uh, you know, three-year Yeah, probably not until it came yeah. up. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, they had to eat and it made a good it made a good uh, some good shots where you can get tribbles in the food or you can get good fight scenes. But, yeah, it didn't give really much interest in that. But they had to, to figure out something that and you had to feed your people. Well, I mean, the a comparison is friends of mine that I have a friend of mine that was that was on a submarine. He was a submariner. And, and he says, you know what? Everyone that was on this that worked on a submarine we got fed the best out of any of the branches in the military because, you know, we were underwater for sometimes months at a time. And so we had to keep our morale up. And food is what what did it. You know, they had enough room that they could have a lot of uh, a lot of food placed in there. And they had pizza night. They ate really well. They made hooch in the bilge. Uh, and I could think they'll probably be a lot like being on a starship. You know, you're going to be out there on a five-year mission or whatever um and you're gonna have to um feed people well and make them happy <laughs> because either that or they're gonna get pretty bored and pretty pissed yeah At least i would so excuse me while i have a drink of my angry orchard hard cider so it, it's that time of year <laughs> so man all the angry. famous i'm just thinking about like most famous Star Trek foods are all liquid. There was a plomique soup that Spock threw at Nurse Chapel. That was really liquidy. I well, guess 
The Klingon gong. Gok. Gok. Well, yeah. The Klingons are pretty were, classic. They too. are never. A, they were never been a fan of replicated food. Um, they prefer live food and Fresh hunting. Yes, hunting war. Uh, hunting gach and live food. But you know, if you go back to the to the. Uh, Let's go. Let's go. I can't say let's go back, can I? I have to say let's go forward in our Wayback Machine to the year 2151 when the uh, NX-01 Enterprise, which I'll show you hadn't watched yet, um, they dealt with food. They had a, um, a chef that worked in – we're not going to talk about who the chef was represented by during the show because it's kind of ridiculous and I don't want to spoil anything for you. But um, and they had a chef and they had a large amount of – uh, ship stores, which they could pack a lot of food, and what I found out was um, they didn't have replicators. They had something called a protein resequencer, and you know it made a variety of uh, synthesized food, and it needed a protein base, or it could have been some kind of fuel. This is all conjecture because we really don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's it had I the, think it was. Uh, they were probably working off the like. At that time in our real science, it was like, look at all the things we can make out of tofu, you know, yeah. out of out of yeah. bean bean protein. Well, you know, take take vanilla. You can take the chemical compounds that are in vanilla and totally create something that's almost the same thing chemically, yet it's not vanilla, and it may it may taste like vanilla. It's called vanillin. It may taste mm -hmm. like derived from tree bark, but chemically it's almost exactly the same. But you can, at least I can, taste the difference between artificial vanilla and real vanilla. And that is one of the problems that that uh, people came up with the food uh, resequencer. I mean, even though it took a base protein and in taste and molecular structure, it may have been very similar, but people always said it didn't taste the same. Uh, so it was only used in conjunction with the real food that they had on on the first Enterprise. They didn't always use the resequencer because uh, you know it would just resequence. It it could. There's a theory that said you know leftovers would be scraped away and it would go ahead and go back into the fuel to make new food and resequencing and and all that. But interestingly enough, enough they they didn't make plates. You know, you still had to scrape it off the plate, and they still had to have a space dishwasher to um, to wash your plate with because uh, it couldn't make a plate yet, not yet at least. But that was how the whole thing started, or how they had to work it into getting started, which is kind of always trouble when you're getting into canon and you're getting into jumping um, before the original series, you know, because people are going to bitch, man. They're going to bitch and they're going to find it yeah, out. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, it's it's kind of silly, but but they are they are going to find it out. And they also, on the original Enterprise, um, had a, hydro, a hydroponics bay. So they mm -hmm. could grow. They could grow things. You know, they could grow. So you, you did not want to get space scurvy because I don't know what really happens with space scurvy. I know in our scurvy, your teeth fall out, but who knows what happens I, in space scurvy. I would scurvy. have to imagine it's the same as... Yeah, it's just uh, it would, it had to be a little bit more. It had to be a little more spacey-ish. Eyeballs blow up or something, something. But they did have hydroponics, so you, they did grow food um, 
on the plane on the plane see you can my my job is just coming <laughs> through on the fucking on the fucking starships you know <laughs> and so they uh they they we're gonna shoot now by the 23rd century the protein re uh, synthesizer it is starting to get phased out partially because uh in 2161 we you know the federation uh, the formation of the united federation of planets and we got to share some of the vulcan technology now the vulcan had they were years ahead of us in in making in replicating food mostly they are you know they're vegetarians but but we were able to once we just we joined and they gave us their technology we could use what was called um the food synthesizer okay and it was a food slot that was technically the name of what it, what they called it on everyone called it the food slot and your data could be inputted on a card and you would slip this card into the slot and it was able to create your favorite recipes on a molecular level okay and that was the cube so i guess everyone in the future enjoys jello jigglers because uh, that is what they ate, but they were able to use that technology and jump ahead. You know, not not great, but but still, I guess better when they decided to to make real real looking food. Uh, and then in twenty two in twenty two seventies, the the ships uh, had a kitchen. This is around the time of the movies. Okay, you can see some of the Star Trek movies where there were some kitchen scenes, and and they did have kitchens but by this time we figured that uh synthesizing their food and just cooking it to give it more flair or more taste uh which i would want to do you know you make a turkey uh, you know, it's like chopping up a leftover you want to be able to add some spices to it and give it a little more taste and jazz it up a bit and then we get to the my favorite era which is um the next generation and we finally get real replicator technology. Uh, but replicator technology is, is so complicated that it pulls from, it, it, it has its, its tendrils in a lot of other technologies on the air, on the, God damn it, it's not an airplane, it's a fucking starship. Well, um, you know, that's where, that's where we get, like, that's where, like, when I was a kid, I thought, if they can put a person in a transporter, why don't they just keep transporting the same cheeseburger? <laughs> you know, because remember they would do stuff like Scotty would be like, I've got him in limbo, you know? And it would basically like, when they would talk about the transporter, it's like the transporter would scan you, break break down your whole molecular structure, and then recreate it somewhere. So you were literally getting killed. <laughs> and, and, yes, yeah, and, 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 and you asshole, now you've given me something else to think about. Because there's no reason why, if you're smart enough, you couldn't scan, so you couldn't, you know, transport somebody and bring well, that's what him I thought, or her I back thought, as a what, cheeseburger. Whatever, yeah, yeah because it's a the lot of basic elements. Can you imagine if you was an asshole on, on, the, uh, on the ship and all of a sudden, you know, you, you try and, and transport him back up? And he's a cheeseburger. You could do it because all the basic molecular structures are there. Everything in me is probably in a cheeseburger. I mean, I've eaten enough of them. Yeah, but, no, yeah. a big cheeseburger party for the whole the whole away team. I'm sorry, but, Captain, but he came back as a cheeseburger. It happened again, sir. It happened again, sir. Right around <laughs> lunchtime. 
<laughs> you asshole, why does he have to mention shit like that? Now it's just going to be popping around in my mind. But I always you know? figured if they had that, that transporter technology, it could be adopted to the, the replicator. Yes. And I think that's when that's when next generation sort of were like, yeah, we got to square that. Because if they can do, do all the tricks that they've done with a transporter over and time. And they did. The transporter technology and the holodeck technology all ties into the replicator it's all the same right. they, they, they all run off of each other they're basically the same type of technology you know you know you and for the first time you didn't have to wash any plates can you imagine not only did the replicator make a ham sandwich but it could make a ham sandwich and a plate and you put the whole shit back in there and it just gets rid of it and makes right. it into your other right. ham sandwich no dishwashers no space mexicans to wash your dishes we finally moved up in our status because we didn't have to wash dishes anymore. We could do other things like become engineers. It's, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, you know? Well, it becomes it, that technology sort of becomes symbolic, I think, of just the future of Star Trek. Because once you've gotten to that level of technology, and I'll, I'll fine tune it down to food, but just in general, I mean, the implications of having transporter a replicator and you know and 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 i looked it up they do have like industrial replicators for making shuttlecrafts and stuff you know on the on the larger industrial starfleet levels so that basically tears down a whole system of the way people ran things you know instead of you don't ever need industry you know and you don't yeah you, and that's the perfect you don't or you don't need industry in the same way and you don't need you don't need to grow food in the same way ever and more, again more if you really don't. You don't need to kill food anymore because this is all part of you know this fit right into Gene Roddenberry's yeah. utopia. No longer does does man have to, and it was mentioned several times. We don't have to keep, raise cows and chickens oh. to kill them for food anymore. We can make a steak. It also you know? equalizes anything because if you can if you. If you basically, and they've already proven that they've sort of figured out a means of where energy isn't something that you have to worry about. It isn't like we need enough coal to power all this. They've figured out some way to draw energy, huge amounts of energy necessary to do all this. So it's like all of a sudden everything is equalized. You know, I was uh, like, you know, if you have a if you have a replicator, if everybody in their Star Trek house has a replicator to get their food and clothes and stuff like that, it's like you could wear the finest of fine clothes. It wouldn't matter. It, there wouldn't be any reason anymore. why it would be more expensive to make the finest finery on you or just the rattiest T-shirt if you wanted to wear it. Yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be any difference be any in that. It would, status. it would just change the whole, like, um, restaurant in like every oh. restaurant would basically be from McDonald's to home cooking to the finest designer. Now, I guess you could do stuff like, cause that's another thing about a replicator is you're, 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 I don't think you're sort of copying it from. I, I think you would make like a steak and then replicate it and then taste it <coughs> and be like, this is an awesome steak. Okay, keep that that steak in the steak program. Let's now let's cook it slightly less medium rare and then like and 
and put it out. So like maybe restaurant, you could have a fine dining restaurant and they have a cook who designs these things and puts them in the replicator and then it becomes almost like a copyright thing. You know, you, there's industrial espionage these... to get chef, you know, space, space, um, emeralds, you know, extra yeah, bam, well, space bam recipes. These are, <laughs> these are interesting questions that you're bringing up. And it's not that on earth during this time period, there were still restaurants that made and cooked food the old fashioned way with real, with real meat and real, mm -hmm. uh, ingredients. Those did not go away completely because one of the arguments, I think it would be that, like the Renaissance fair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a turkey leg. <laughs> Because one of the arguments is, you know, if you break down food to a mathematical equation, which is basically what the replicator is doing, okay, that you're not going to get any variance in the taste. You know, your your apple, unless, like you said, you're throwing in little little gears in my theory here, your apple is always going to taste the same because yes. that is the it's mathematical be the same equation. It's going to be the same apple. Your steak is going to taste the same, whether you have it medium rare, rare, well done, it's going to taste the same. So there is always a market for food that is cooked the old fashioned way just because of the novelty yeah. of it. You know, it's always it's always going there. Now, we can look to Deep Space Nine, where they had the promenade, where they had tons of there where they cooked real food. A lot of this was because it was it was frequented by people from all over the galaxy. Some people didn't trust replicators. They might have got some bad shellfish from a replicator. But they had different restaurants and stuff where you could eat real food. Uh, and that, you know, is part of the charm of, of that. Oh, so my God. Go down there. It's a food court, a space you, food court, you know. You could have space Zoom food mood meetings where you cook for somebody and just replicate what you cook. Yeah, Across everyone could taste, and it would taste the same. You could say it's yeah. too salty, and you could say no, it's not too salty because this is how much salt is in it. You know? Well, no, and, I'm saying like somebody could be like, I'm cooking you guys a home cooked meal, and cooks like their their prized grandma's, you know, veal parmigiana, and is, yeah. and sits there and cooks it in front of them, and then at the end they go and scan over it, and everybody gets the veal parmigiana, and the and they go, ah, oh, it's great, because you could have variations. You would just have to, like, every time you made a new piece of food, scan it. Or you could say, I like this steak, but I wish it was, like, burnt where the fat was. And then replicate one of those steaks, whip out your little torch, burn all the fat around it to the perfection of where you like it, and then put it in the replicator as, as fat burn you fat know, burn steak. Variation B. Yeah, I mean, and, you were only, you're only limited by what the computer has in its in its uh, right. in its memory banks you could put all that in there sure why not and here's this is the stuff that comes to me at night all right now if everyone on a starship is eating replicated meat all right does that make them vegans yeah that's that's a strange thing because that well they said the replicator can't replicate life which I call yeah. bullshit on too, since obvious. Well, maybe the replicator is is is, you know, they put the brakes on it, so it's squelched, so it can't replicate yeah, life. Yeah. They say it doesn't, 
it's not complex enough. So maybe the transporters are more complex. So it we've can, seen what hadn't happened on that. Sure. Do, yeah, yeah, that can mess up too. <laughs> two picks. Star Trek to anyone, motion, two sure. picks to anyone out there that uh, that's watching Voyager, you'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, you're. I guess you're vegan, but it was not frowned upon to go to another planet and forage and get some, and uh, and and bring it back and eat it. You know, on the on on the ship, you could do that. I mean, how about that that time when Riker went and got those eggs, the Owan eggs, and made an omelet for everyone? They were disgusting. Everyone hated them, but war. But he did make an omelet, and although everyone looked at it like it was a little weird, that he was making this omelet from a real egg. You know, he had mentioned that this is the way you know it should be done. It's not replicated food. This is the real thing. So you know, it was. Uh, it wasn't discouraged. <laughs> meanwhile, that you meanwhile could go the, the the animal had been living on top of a top toxic waste dump, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. absorbing space radiation. Absorbing space radiation. But so you know, you're supposed to do it, guys. <laughs> and he did a shitty job making the egg. I mean, he looked like he'd never scrambled an egg before. And I, for for one reason, one of the nuggets of information is that the egg was an Owan egg, and I don't know how I remember that shit can't remember half the stuff i'm supposed to but i remember that it was an owan egg so um but the replicators did have limitations all right now the biggest one was um was alcohol one of the biggest ones was alcohol i mean unless it has specific override you couldn't um you know have alcohol that had any alcohol content you would have synthahol which didn't fool much of anyone um, if you look back at the, at the, um, God, one of my, everyone hates this episode, but I always liked the fucking space Irish episode. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I knew the, Irish. Uh, yeah. you know, the space Irish, I, everyone hates it, but I always got a kick out of the, the space rest, Irish the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and O'Brien's down there. And of course, whenever the Irish drink, drink, uh, booze on Star Trek, they always have a little Irish music playing in the background and, and the guy tastes it and goes, Ugh, what is this? This is garbage, you know, this isn't this is not fucking whiskey. And Worf goes, Well, you can fix that. Punches it and gives him like a real whiskey and he drinks it and goes, Woo So you didn't have to drink Synthahol. You could you could override that. And the replicator, for the most part, can't make anything poisonous. You know, unless you replicate it, unless you override it, then you might there have been episodes where you could probably get some poison. You can't make weapons, all right? Won't let you make a weapon. Uh, but I always wonder what happens if you need a steak knife. You know, yeah, a steak knife or a turkey bone, and you file yeah, it down. and that's or, why. Or, and here's another thing: poisons. They're they're operating an intergalactic crewed spaceship. You know, like yeah. What there, if someone there, hasn't got to be there's got to be people there that might like there might be a slug, slug down in engineering and it's like now the synthesizer can't do any salt you know yeah what about people with intergalactic space peanut allergies yeah you know, you know space peanut allergy is probably 10 times worse than I'm, a regular peanut i'm hoping that like by that that time if they if they're if they're replicating food that they've figured out how to how to fix allergies I'm hoping. I would think so. I would think so. But one thing the replicators do do, and in normal um, starship uh, functions and uh, daily life, there are huge drain on the uh, on the power. Uh, and you know, it's, it 
that along with all of the other systems, um, replicator systems would, will probably are one of the first things shut down in case of any trouble because they are a huge drain on power. Uh, you take Voyager, I mean, they were going to be flying for 70 years, so they shut down their replicators and used a token system where you could you earn tokens and go and get your food. Right. And they went back to the kitchen uh, galley where you had Neelix to mixed success as being a chef. Uh, but they would go and forage on planets for food. Um, that was one of their little side gigs that uh, that they would do that. Um, and so it was shut down a lot. They were just trying to conserve uh, power. But if you look at the replicators, there are technologies that may be heading in that direction right now. Uh, we can think of the 3D mm -hmm. printer. We can print something in sugar that that's totally edible. But, of course, we have to have a... Um, a base you know you already have capsule. to have the sugar yeah yeah i have to have the sugar we're not anywhere where you can where you can do anything without that but you know you can see uh ipads came well, you know the ipads are here from from star trek and replicators i mean i was it, just reading that scientists i believe in 2014 if my memory's right it was either 2014 or 2017 like first theoretically figured out how to make matter out of light and then then established a a an experiment that successfully created matter out of uh out of light thus proving it is possible it now, I, I i don't know what kind of matter that they created it might be some kind of funky you know quantum matter or something you know, it uh, obviously I don't think they dropped like a, a dice on the table and were like, we did it. Or, you know, I don't even think they did like a molecule of something or an atom of something. You know, they they probably made a wave that just, you know, comes into the side. But they, they proved that it is possible to create matter from light. So, yeah, that's, it, a, that's know, a step in that direction. It is. No one would have thought that that a lot of the technology from the original series or the next generation would actually make its way into the real world, but it has. So we might be closer than we think. I mean, on paper, everything is made of molecules. Everything you can, you know, you should on paper be able to make anything. You just need to get that basic, that basic being the molecular, molecular conversion. You have you to take, figure out how yeah. to break it down into it down. a set of ones and zeros yeah. <laughs> for a computer, basically, or, you know, whatever, whatever way they deal with ones and zeros in Star Trek computer land. I'm, I'm guessing they have some form of quantum computer by then. Uh, I would whatever think so. Whatever the hell that is. I mean, they, they do. I, it's, it's, it's a fun, a fun topic to, uh, look into and something that I, I've always gotten a kick out of, um, and they're doing a pretty good job in Discovery. You, I've seen a couple of episodes with their with their little food uh, cards that they put in there and, and get their different types of food. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 fun. To, but but I have to talk about liquor, all right? Because that would be one of the things that that bummed me would bum me out about going into space is not having you know, general access to liquor. I mean, it's well known that that Guinan. Whoopi Goldberg kept the bottles, a few bottles of the good stuff, 
behind uh, behind the the bar there. Uh, that relics the episode where Scotty comes back. Um, he had a hard time with the fake shit, and then Data uh, went and got him some something uh, from behind the bar that was you know, what is that? It is green, which is a throwback to the original one of the original series episodes where he found a bottle of something on the original series and he said, "Well, what are you drinking?" screen so it's kind of neat they had two little uh throwbacks to the same line that i just found out when i was doing research for this but yeah you were able to get it there are a few um very famous well you know like you said tranya was another uh was a drink that was featured on the um on the original series and it turned out to just be grapefruit juice um which uh ron howard's brother detested and did not Clint. Want to drink I just it. remembered yeah. his name, Clint. Clint Howard. Yeah, what was his name in the uh, in in the show though? He was um, forget his the character's name that he played, but we'll actually, just, he uh, played the character. He played with the character B. that you see at the end of all the Star Trek episode. Baylock. Yeah, he was ba- Baylock. Yeah, Baylock. Yeah, and so he hated it. It was just grapefruit juice, and uh, you also hear a lot about Klingon blood wine, but there is no real. Uh, you can look and there are recipes for Klingon blood wine. Most of it is just bullshit. Um, you can't well, really real do. wine made out of yeah. blood would be some nasty yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would be. I have had milk wine before wine made out of fermented milk and it was nasty shit. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> so, you know, if you can get your hands on it and every good captain had a little stash of something, um, that he could drink, you know, Saurian brandy. You had brought that up. Some of the best drunk scenes were was Kirk getting a drunk swilling on swilling ass Saurian brandy. And for those of you that watch Discovery, the uh, if I'm not mistaken, the character Linus, who um, is a reptilian type of guy, is Saurian. So uh, that is the that's where Saurian is the uh, culture that makes Saurian brandy. Um, but you also hear a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about um, Romulan ale, okay? And we all Romulan ale is illegal, which which uh, kind of fit in with the um, with the whole you know Cuban cigars. I was just gonna those. say it became the Cuban cigar. Yeah, it became the Cuban Star cigar. Uh, you know, Kirk was given a bottle of it by. Uh, Dr. McCoy and Rathacon, you know, and and, uh, and it actually is pretty volatile stuff. It can even, they say even some Klingons can have trouble with drinking Romulan ale, that it could definitely, you know, it, it, it has a kick to it. And uh, you can surf all over the interwebs for a recipe for Romulan ale. You're going to get... Um, all kinds of different recipes for you know they're gonna make you a fruity drink and all this shit you shake it up but now nah, I've been making Romulan ale for a few years now and uh, I, I have actually perfected the I think I have anyone that drinks it goes ooh but then they just drink a little more and it tastes better after that time because uh, it's it I make it real strong and I always have a little bottle, when I, a little drink when I go over to my friends and we watch Discovery. I break out the Romulan airline. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's why the timing of this episode was perfect because I am down to like two fingers left of Romulan ale. 
and um, it's a uh, the trick to my recipe is is instead of using vodka, you've got to get your hands on some Everclear. Now mm-hmm. I don't know if they sell Everclear where in your neck of the woods. It's state by state, it's I don't yeah. believe they sell no. Everclear. I think we have to go into Pennsylvania to get. Yeah, Everclear. that's one of the good reasons about uh, the good things about my job is I can go to states that sell Everclear always have a good amount of it um, stashed away to make Romulan ale um, so there's a disclaimer here if you're going to use Everclear it is I don't know if you've it's ever strong. had it, it, it strong is like not even whew, not even the fucking word for Everclear it is like fire Dangerous. it's fire it's, it, it, yeah it's, it's, it's like fire um it but, is fire. It is it's like it's, yeah, it's drinking rubbing alcohol, and when it's something with flavor, the alcohol it hides it. Goes it hides away. the taste yeah. of the alcohol. Um, it's basically the it was the you know the absinthe of the of the um, of the Federation. All right, everyone wanted to get a hold of it, and it has it has a long history in the canon, and I I noticed that a lot of the recipes that you see on youtube videos the, the color's wrong it looks like a milky blue type of color yeah that's not really what it should look like um but that's it, it put, should sort of be a glowy crystalline yeah, seawater blue when you hit, hit it with some light you know they're pussy is what they're doing so uh for the sake of of this of you know we're not going to do herder's corner today because uh herder is not from space um, he's from Minnesota, and um, nothing to I, say about I, space. No, nothing <laughs> to say about space. But if you did bring it up, he probably would bitch about it. So, although uh, I would imagine, I think Herder would have gotten along or hated, but I think he was cut from the same cloth as Roddenberry. In a lot yeah. Of ways. Oh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, I could, I could definitely see that. You know. Uh, so, I am going to replenish my Romulan ale, and I'm going to give you. Uh, for the sake of, of the show, we're going to make a um, a smaller batch, okay, uh, than I would normally make. But um, this is going to make about one 750 milliliter bottle, all right? I usually make a big batch and, and have plenty to, to save for later, but it's uh, it, the last boy, the last discovery was it's been two years since they had an episode of Discovery, so it's it's I've I've on occasion have busted it out and drank here and there, so. You're going to have to get yourself some um, blue curacao. Cur- I mean, it's uh, what would you describe? How would you describe blue curacao? It's a um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a a drink that is that is um, it's blue and it was mainly it's it was used for to make blue Hawaiians. Okay, it's blue and it has uh, kind of a fruity underline to it and you would mix it with maybe coconut milk or something like that to, to get it to, whoop, to get it just right but um anyway you need blue curacao and you need that i hope i'm saying that right it's fine so we're going to start by pouring in two cups of this blue curacao it, it's a fun looking drink and we're getting that in here okay oops hit the side okay now you're going to need a cup of clear rum. Okay, don't don't use any type of rum that has 
Captain Morgan's or any flavored rum. You need just pure, strong rum. Like okay. Jamaican overproofed rum. Yeah, that's even better. You can get that in there. So you got the rum in there now, okay? Now here comes the the uh, <laughs> the grain. Don't alcohol. smoke while you're adding the. No, food. do not smoke while you're doing this. Now you put a cup of rum. I put another cup of grain alcohol in here. Now, if you don't have grain alcohol, you can use vodka. All right, it's really not going to make much of a difference. They won't fuck you up as much. Um, as well, you can vodka. buy that vodka. That's I can't remember the brand of it. There's a brand of vodka. It's like was... they're smearing off 101, which has it's 101 proof. So you're going to add. All right, now. The color is pretty, but the taste is bleh. gritty. So what, I have, <laughs> what I have added to this is a little bit of well, it's actually not a little bit, but if you go to the to the um, kitty juice box section of um, a grocery store, uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see these like little plastic bottles, cooler or something. Yeah, you're gonna see these little plastic bottles of blue kool-aid that look like berries yeah they're they're tall they come in a six pack you can it has to be the blue it's a berry splash or something i i can't find it anymore are they the, the ones with the tin foil on the top of them no they look like little plastic they're squeezy bottles they're shaped like a bottle you twist the top and it comes oh, open okay. and you're gonna need to put some uh, some of that in there okay that needs to go in. That is, that's the fucking secret. You have to put, like, about, for this recipe, you're going to put about, squeeze about maybe one little container of that in there, all right? <laughs> and you're just going to give it a good stir. All right? And the color is perfect. I mean, it's... You could say, oh, that blue, that blue Kool-Aid, man, that's something that a pussy would make it. Okay, yeah, maybe, but it's strong. The color is right. It looks great on an ice cube, man. I'm telling you. It would have put Duhan on his ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, there have been some great drunk scenes. Deanna Troy getting drunk with Zephyrin Cock. I never liked, you know, as much as I thought that was a bad casting choice, I do like to see Deanna get drunk on tequila. But, um... There you go. Pour a little bit of into a nice cup of ice. The color is perfect. Give it a little swizzle. And there you go. Ah, today is a good day to die. <laughs> because that is some strong, strong stuff. Uh, but... That's okay ice. because you're gonna need some strong stuff because we're going right from the replicators oh, into the into the into holodeck. We're, yeah, we're we're definitely <laughs> keeping some strong stuff. You're gonna definitely need a bottle of this either to clean up when you're finished what we're gonna be talking about next. But make some, keep it on the shelf if you're watching an episode of Star Trek Discovery or anything. It it you can pretend like you're at Quarks or or um or uh, Ten Forward. It's fun. I got a beautiful bottle that that is 
crazy looking that I picked up at a garage sale. So it looks perfect. And I usually post pictures on Facebook every time I'm drinking and watching Discovery. Um, and uh, unless you have something else to to add, that that's our look at 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 Star Trek food, which pretty much you know you could eating habits of humans is pretty much the same. You see. You know, the uh, the triple episode, Kirk was getting a chicken sandwich and some soup. So you wouldn't be out of place if you got thrown into the future, you know. Nope. Unless you ordered gawk or something like that. And I just want to say, after the next segment, maybe they'll have some uh, some uh, protein to reprocess yeah. into and the system. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if... <laughs> Re- looking into repurpose the... that. <laughs> uh, looking into the green room. Walking out with a, with a towel... Yeah. Toweling <laughs> off my my forehead. Go I got a lot of stuff to say about the next. You guys, one. you guys can repurpose what's left in there. And and who painted the green room with all those grids? I mean, it it, it it's black and has grids everywhere, and and uh, there's some kind of arch. It, it, I don't know. I mean, maybe we ought to take another swig of this and go check that out. Oh, you know we are. Woohoo! Holodeck, here we come. Hiya, folks. Space Mori Clawhammer here. I've got a new base of operations here on unclaimed asteroid CZN-45 in the neutral zone. You know what they say about what happens in the neutral zone. Well, it's totally true. It just so happens that if a Federation ship floats by, there's nothing stopping you legally from salvaging the holodeck and disabling all its parameter limiters. That's why I'm saying, if you find yourself in this neck of the space woods, you should stop by Clawhammer's Sky's Limit Holodeck Holiday. You pay by the minute, and beyond that, it's none of our pond far business. We don't care. Go nuts. We got showers with hoses. You can't miss our sign. We're right next door to Maury's house of blackmail. Need some dirt on your enemies or rivals? Come talk to Maury. And right across the street from the triple processing plant. What do you got to lose? Beam down, turn on, and let it all hang out. Clawhammer Sky's the Limit Holodeck Holiday offers discount rates to any Starfleet officers, intergalactic or interdimensional dignitaries, or ambassadors and their families in gratitude for their service. Hello, and welcome to Space Beat It, a <laughs> podcast about space porn. I am Mr. Cock. And I am here with Han Far Fook. And Hello. we're here to talk. Not the same person. Porn. Not the same person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, well, you know. Well, we're here to talk. <laughs> I think I cut you off when we said what we're here to talk about. So I didn't want to. Well, <sighs> you know, there, we, we, have, we have covered Star Trek porn in the fan fiction yeah, we did. I totally, you know, that totally slipped my mind. So it seemed like the natural, natural progression would have been to like go out there and look at the many Star Trek pornography mm-hmm. movies. And I did a cursory look around through them, but I already knew what was what I was looking at, which was 
a bunch of just regular porn videos with some people with some rented uh, Star Trek TNG or Next Generation outfits. Or, you know, a couple mostly TNG or TOG, the original series based ones based upon the idea that that like, okay, everybody's going to have sex with each other in the Enterprise and Captain Kirk is there's several several different productions of Captain Kirk having sex with a green girl and oh, getting yeah, green, thick green shiny makeup <laughs> all over his thighs but, and there's a and there I, I found a Star Trek the next generation parody called TNG Masters of Ass but I gotta say they don't rise they don't rise to the occasion you know Star no. Trek and just from Star Trek and next generation and I never even got to to seven of nine, but or there's no... been plenty of sexy situate like sexy oh, situations because Gene Roddenberry created it. Let's face it. And so there, you know, there was the naked now and the naked time, and where the whole crew got horned up, and yep. you know, there's there's all sorts of Star Trek scenarios. There was char- there was a character in Next Generation that had you know no you know was non-binary and there was sometimes male and sometimes female and there were i hear in deep space nine there were characters that are like reincarnated in other bodies and stuff like that so you have all these sexual situations rather than just like captain kirk has sex with everybody and that don't get exploited so screw that stuff we're doing we're doing it ourselves man yep. mr pon farfook we are and we're, we are taking Star Trek, we're going to take the, the ultimate Star Trek, you know, obvious, I mean, it's, it's been used for, for sexual purposes. I'm talking about the holodeck, most, most, mostly by Commander Riker. Love that holodeck. Yeah, and, uh, I, mean, yeah, I remember one episode where he specifically got horned out by some woman and had to walk away and was just like, "I'll be, I'll be in the holodeck." <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> saying, "I'll be and, in my bunk," you know. Look, I, I've always had mixed feelings about the holodeck. I think sometimes it can be kind of a crutch, um, especially in Voyager. They seem to go through the holodeck, and and you know the next generation, but they seem to go to the holodeck a lot. And and let's be frank, uh, the first time that that you know somebody invented the holodeck, you know the first thing they did mm-hmm. in it was have sex. I mean let's mm-hmm. not let's not be hmm. let's not be let's not be coy. It's the, the although, first it's it's for although sex. I don't okay? know about that because like testing out the holodeck in the first early days, I wouldn't be putting my dick in anything in it, you know, until it was, not really I would there. I would have like. I would have like a robot with a with a with a very sensitive dick testing the holodeck first. With Look, I know? mean, Deep Space Nine, Quark has a holodeck whorehouse. I mean, come on, it's it is it, that's what it was for. I mean, in days of old, right. when sailors used to sail for in, into the unknown for six, seven months, the first thing they did when they got off of the ship was was go on an island and give all the native girls syphilis. Well, the beauty of the holodeck is, you know, you're on it. You're on an integrated starship. There's guys and girls, so you know you can have sex, but you're going to be stuck with them for the next six years or five years. You're going to. I mean, what if something goes wrong? It's not like you can just leave. You're going to be. There's going to be bad breakups. There's going to be every single bad situation that can happen. 
I mean, yeah, you can go ahead and 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 have your little your little uh, adventures in in the holodeck like Picard does, you know. But you're gonna you're gonna have sex in the holodeck. That's that's just what it you know what it's uh. It, you're going to be like Barclay. You're going to get absolutely hooked on it, and you're going to spend be more comfortable in the damn holodeck banging people than than you would be on the ship. It's just it has to be, man. That's just common knowledge, you know. That, it depends was... on how they like. You see, I don't know the fine tunings of it, but it doesn't seem like they have any sort of limitation to as to like. You know, well, you can have sex out in the holodeck, but they're not going to have much personality or intelligence. You know, we can only put so much in. But no, you get you you'll you'll get you you could find a, a mate that could screw you eight thousand ways and then you know recite poetry afterwards. Is it whatever's is it, in the ship's computer? I guess. <laughs> is it borderline kind of rapey? I mean, let's say you had yeah a thing for Deanna Troy. And you went ahead and made her a holodeck character, and you had sex with Deanna Troy. Yeah. Is that not considered a little rapey and a little creepy? Because yes. I think it's a little creepy, and you know yes. that's what and goes on. Put I a pin Barclay in that did. because because oh my god, oh my god, my uh, my holodeck sequence is not going to be ethical. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that, that I mean the ethics of that, yeah, I mean. They sort of, I think they sort of covered a bit of, like that in the Star Trekky episode of uh, Black Mirror, you know. Oh of, yeah, yeah. Of you know, if you could copy people onto there, and and I imagine like, I mean, you know, you when you, I mean, if you are of an, and and this is going to be something like maybe by the time you're on a starship, and you're, we're we're supposedly talking 23rd century. The the one of the main tenets of Star Trek is humanity has evolved psychologically and you know, and technologically. So I think maybe by the time you end up on Star Trek, like you wouldn't have anybody who'd be like, mm, get get me a rape scenario. So like I would imagine most of your your what ends up as people's, you know, their 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 partners in the hol their holodeck partners, are willing partners. You know, they're made to be like, hi, Picard, I like the cut of your jib. You know, <laughs> instead of being like, Picard, no, I'm not very interesting. Well, you're in the holodeck, so you have no say in it. You know, there's I don't think there's much of that because, but just the existence of holodeck technology means you. But then again, if you have holodeck technology, you know, maybe that would stop a few uh, Zodiac killers because they would just spend the, all their time in their holodeck shed Zodiac killing or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it could, you know. I mean, there wasn't an episode of Deep Space Nine where, where these, these aliens were going out hunting another alien and they went ahead and gave them holodeck technology, Prime Directive. But they gave them, you know, holodecks so that they could carry out these hunts in the holodeck. Without actually having to kill and not anybody. Not actually have to kill anybody, you know. So that's you know, what I think. This... That's what I thought sports were supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it serves its purpose. I mean, it's a great sex aid. That's what it is. And 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 I think you should roll into uh, what the topic of uh, of this month's um, beat it is. Yes. We are taking a trip 
to the holodeck. We, um, Dario and I are both existing in a TNG era holodeck spaceship. Holodeck equipped spaceship. Might be the Enterprise, might be an Enterprise like ship. Doesn't matter. Nope. We have access to it and we are allowed to create our own. I mean, all right, this is a limited show. So we're only we're only going to give you probably a slice of what would happen in the holodeck with us, yeah, as, as with anybody credits. who has a holodeck. I imagine people wouldn't. Well, I imagine there'd be maybe some compulsive people who would just enact the same holodeck sequence. Maybe me, but I'm not yeah. a 23rd century person. I'm a 21st century person, so I'm allowed to have aberrant psychology in the that basically i think this is going to be an object lesson in 21st century humans should not be allowed to holodeck technology but no. we got it <laughs> and i've saved my credits man i and you know i've got um, library time and definitely i i'm gonna we've punched in the parameters of our of our holodeck experience and and tonight on Beat It, we're going to describe them to you. All right. Do you want to hear mine? <laughs> yeah, here. Let me let really me get into my mine, guys. let me get into my um into my my Picard robe here and uh, get comfortable. You know because Picard uh, frown upon my um and get this this flute out of the way here. He had it next to his fucking robe. Who needs this thing here? Just get out of here, flute. Okay, I'm all right. There's going to be a lot of, you know, I mean, I would have a whole just like three ring binder full of my holodeck sequences or whatever, but whatever we, you know, some sort of space. No, it'd be a pad. Disc. (laughs) You wouldn't want to be the guy walking around with a binder. A trapper keeper. This would be my master. Like if I had to adjust, if if they finally caught on to me and I had to get out of the ship, this would be the sequence that I would take with me to the to the next star base. All right. <clears throat> Mr. Cox holodeck sequence. It's a four stage sequence. Ooh. Each stage could be taken one at a time. This the but the it, um when I'm feeling super adventuresome uh you know want to run the decathlon except it's a quadcathlon or quadfecta or a uh, four-way sequence. Stage like one. Stage one is 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 a warm-up phase. All of these phases, I basically am going to drop out of the sky. You gotta drop out of the sky first. I drop out of the sky into the hinterlands of the 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 land of Barbarella. Yes. Oh, so you're We're taking a little trip thing. down okay. puberty nice. lane and. And here we go with, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Barbarella is a fictional character, but let's face it. This is Jane Fonda as Barbarella. Fur bathing suit, the whole nine yards. It's in the computer. You can do it. Yep. Yep. And uh, we're landing in, in Barbarella. But this is a sequel to Barbarella, which is Barbarella versus Adrian Barbeau. Mm-hmm. In which I I broker peace between the two of that those two warring factions in a fantastical world. In a fantastical all way. All sexual taboos and limitations. Yep. 
and uh, you know, there, there might be an orgasmatron machine in there, and too, there might be an evil queen with a whip also. That might all happen. That's stage one. That's just that's just Warm up. like that's just to shake the dust off everything. Next stop, we're we're going to purge all the 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 regrets of the past with the magical land of mist three ways, in which all the three way situations where I narrowly missed my wonderful three way with with sets of different young girls i remember that story all with all with three's company sort of they were all like three's company just bad luck bad timing all of those you know the, the there'll be one of them where i have the foresight to put a padlock on my door <laughs> very good <laughs> There'll be another one where I have the, you know, the foresight to whack myself in the head and go, pay attention, you moron. <laughs> and, uh, yes, that, 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 that one, that, that one's sort of like a palate cleanser and just sort of, hmm, get out of the pool, wash some chlorine off you. And then, oh, then it's the holiday out in the sky and into the woods naked in the woods like you're supposed to be on uh, on the wonderful planet of Kashyyyk. Ooh, okay. Life All right. on Kashyyyk. And I'm going nuts now. Now the now the holodeck is smoking because I have crossed the streams and I'm bringing Star Wars into my Star Trek. And the computer's going like, well, I guess Star Star Wars could have been a movie in Star Trek world and Kashyyyk could exist, or maybe it was in a book or something. Yeah, it does not compute. Either way, it holds together long enough for me to complete my sequence. Um, And uh, it's life day in Kashyyyk. Oh, no, you're not going to go there. As I walk through the woods, I see, oh, look at that vine. I'm going to climb this vine up to this house. I recognize this house. Yes, it's the house of Chewbacca. Except Chewbacca's out on the road. He's out he's out selling spice with with his with his partner uh, Han Solo getting up to whatever they get up to. But it's usually a long time on the road. He's got a lot of stops to make and it's it's lonely there. So, I get there and wouldn't you know it? Mala has been expecting me. Ugh, at least it wasn't B. Arthur. Yes, Itchy's been put to bed, and effectively <laughs> Itchy is deaf and blind. So he sleeps like a rock. And Lumpy's been given some space hot chocolate. And uh, you put a little something in it. Just telling you, I've been informed by Hope in the books that hot chocolate exists in Star Wars. But he's been given a little, a little extra. A little extra, you know, Kashyyyk nappy nuts were were scraped up and put into into uh, into Lumpy's um, space cocoa just to ensure that he he makes it all the way through the night. And there's there's uh, Mala warming up her her apron and nothing else. <laughs> and that's when the magic happens. But. Art Carney's got to stand over in the corner and watch. And watch. He's got to watch it all, Art Carney. You're watching it all, Art Carney. Put that down and watch. All Molly head on was an apron. (laughs) Then, 
if I'm not tired, all of a sudden I'm in the ice, icy coldness of space and sucked into a into a airlock. I descend through the middle of a board cube. Could it be? Could it be? Could I be in the board cube of Carly Simon clones? Is it true? Is it true? And then I hear, nobody does it better. Except it's the voices of 10,000 Carly Simon clones all singing the theme of James Bond, the spy who loved me in singular unison, all staring at me with their beautiful Carly Simon eyes and their giant, giant Carly Simon mouths. And that's when I started, like, I can't really read a lot of this, but I only know one other thing about this whole thing. James Taylor has to stand in the corner and he has to fucking watch. And watch. All of it. All of it, James Taylor. All of it. No singing. No guitar. You're going to give him a bench to sit on? No. No. He has to squat. You're squatting James Taylor and watching all of it. All of it. Oh, man. It, I, I was afraid that Chewbacca was going to come in and tear your arms out or, or something. No. You know, no. Ooh, not on my holodeck. No, 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 no. <laughs> not unless it was corrupted. So that didn't. And thank God it wasn't, like I said, it, it could have been B. Arthur. It, that, at least, at least. Mala, you know, if you get caught with Mala, maybe if it was it, Chris Tyler doing this one, it might have been B. Arthur. You get caught with Mala, no one's gonna really know that she's naked because she doesn't wear clothes. All she had on was that apron that one time, right? Nobody's gonna say a goddamn thing, man. That's Mala right. It's your take program. Their arms off and beat them to death. Not even Art Carney. He's just sitting in the corner. Art yeah. Carney better not say a goddamn thing and never open his lying mouth. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Art Carney knows. Art Carney knows. He ain't going to say anything. Beautiful. That's something you could do every day. You know, possibly. Possibly. Why not? I would give it the college try. I would give it the college try. I'd get back to you and tell you if it was possible, but I would, um, we don't definitely be game to make, to be trying to find out if that was possible. We don't know much about Wookiee sex. Like we do Klingon sex. You know, it, it, it could be just as violent. Who knows? You know, uh, you, you could shave her down. You could do whatever you want. Who knows what's under that fur? I'm going to know. <laughs> over and over again. Oh, God. Well, you know what? I would definitely uh, keep that one in the in the computer, you know, programmed <laughs> for, you can call it up. I'm going to I'm going to keep that one on like a on a data pad in a sock inside <laughs> Another sock. sock in my underwear drawer at the bottom of it. That's yeah, keeping it. And and then only when you when you pass away, someone will be going through your shit. And Someone's say, gonna be like, "Ooh, is holodeck program? Dare we?" This, this, you could have a little. <laughs> uh, you could have a little fucking mala hologram like Data used to have of Tasha oh, Yar. You know, be a, they'll they'll be in Troy's office before the end of the day. <sighs> he should be oh. in Troy's office now. Good lord. They they might not even make it halfway through Barbarella, let me tell you. Barbara 
<laughs> Barbarella. <gasps> it's Barbarella. Oh my God. That's what you can That's call what the program. That's what happens at the end of it. I fuse the two into one, Barboarella. Oh, that's the name it of the program. Got better. That you could you could have her slowly growing hair throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and there would be there would have to be a transfer. There would definitely have to be a transformation. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, full moon on Kashish. But no, I would definitely program that away. You know, and and. Keep it there between you, the computer, and the holodeck. That's it. And, uh, you know, uh, my fantasy, uh, my favorite holodeck episodes have been the ones where something goes wrong. Of you course, know? these would have to be things. Where, I'm the optimist here, I guess. Yeah, nah, see, I, I could tell that, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, Dixon Hill and shit like that. I'm talking... Something something would would definitely would definitely go wrong, and it would definitely malfunction for me. I, I know that that would happen because that's that's what would happen. That you know it, it would it would be par for for what for what my existence is. I mean, I can see myself walking up to the hollow to the hollow suite, and you know, saying, "Computer, load, you know, hollow deck sex program, Gonzalez." And then it would start off bad right there. The computer would definitely say, please define parameters as there are 3,110 hollow programs called Gonzalez Sex. So I'd have to just definitely. I was pick thinking one. the exact same thing, or you get some person's weird Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. Like all of a sudden, like Speedy Gonzalez is there, like, hello, Senor Dario. <laughs> Let's make this quick. Shouldn't be too Let's hard for you. It's quick. It won't be too hard for you. Very apparently. fast for you. Yeah. I could tell the minute I get in, suddenly all of the fail safes would would go off. You know, and I would first start off, you know, I would get everyone pregnant because there's no fail safes. So that that would be the first thing that would go wrong. You know, uh, and every time I asked uh, somebody if they wanted to go back to my cabin, I would get the old, unable to comply. Definitely, and 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 you know, I was always wondering how does the program like know what everyone looks like when they're naked? Because I would definitely be doing like Deanna Troy, but the program would probably get it wrong and and just destroy every everything that I had mentally of what Deanna Troy would look like naked. And next, I can say that every girl would never leave after sex. To just stay in the space bed, uncomfortable. Just sort of glitching there. Yeah, ding, yeah, ding, glitching. Ding, ding. And I would be all, hey, it was really nice, you know, but I got to get up tomorrow. You know, I got to get up and go to Stellar Cartography really early. And she wouldn't move. She would just What if fall they got in stuck there. in a loop and like, let's do it again, Dario? Yeah, let's oh, again, you know, Dario. That's not again, out of the Dario. equation. Yeah, you know, and, and I could tell that probably the program would end and I would be sitting there naked on a, on a hanger with a grid more than once. And, it, you know, I can tell every time that I would have sex with somebody, I would probably get charged 30 bars of gold plate latinum. So... 
what good is that? You know? <laughs> and after you go out with a girl, she would just want to move in to my, to my cabin. She would want to move into my cabin and, and never leave. She would ask for a space drawer and it would go downhill from there. I would probably keep pulling up Loxana Troy instead of De uh, Deanna Troy. You know, that would probably happen every single time. I have to say I would agree with... I don't know. I'm the kind of guy you'd be okay you'd no be okay. i'm thinking you, you fucked a wookie what do you care i'm thinking this i'm thinking this why are you choosing oh you could have them both what what happens in the holodeck pretty much stays in the holodeck theoretically i would even throw tilly in there into the mix from from discovery because i i kind of question on tilly you know and then Emperor Giorgio would probably like it, like, really rough. And since the safety protocols are down, she would just kick the living shit out of me when I was done. Just, I'd, you know, I'd have to go directly to sickbay, emergency beam out to sickbay. Um, are you the I guy would... who goes down there and's like, I don't know, I want to try a Klingon person, but you accidentally <laughs> type in Klingon prison? Yeah. Yeah, definitely get get violated by. Uh, who knows what goes on? Yeah, but I'm probably sure that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we can all pretty much uh, use our imaginations as what what happens yeah. in a Klingon prison, <laughs> in a and porno Klingon prison holodeck scenario, especially. My next nightmare would be I would get the non-par far, uh, Vulcan, and I would have to keep asking her, "Was it good? Come on, was it good? Was it good?" And she would just say nothing. You would catch her. You would catch her ten minutes after the pond fire. So then it's yeah, like just you have to basically that. just keep keep running off seven years on that program till it comes back in. <laughs> you're you're, you're like you're like five, I'm like I'm five years into that pond fire oh, program, fuck. man. It's it's almost worth it now. I would accidentally hit in Borg sex. Resistance is futile, you know. Then just get fucking little nanites stuck in my neck. All right, I can imagine. I don't know if Borgs actually have sex, but if they wanted to, you could imagine Borgs could have probably some of the best sex. So that's what I'm hoping for with my everywhere, you know. So what I'm hoping for with my Carly Simon suburb team. <laughs> I, you know, and if I did have Klingon sex, I would probably like program the Doras sisters and uh, and just get the motherfucking shit kicked out of me, you know every time so that would definitely happen to me if i if i did program klingon sex in there uh then my next thing on my list is the the cleanup protocol probably wouldn't work and my space seed would be all over the fucking holodeck and i'd have to clean it up or and then no the interdimensional creatures just like pick it picking it up out of the ship and yeah. you know making making little dario worlds all over the place Clone me and little planets with nothing but dario's uh i would definitely accidentally hit the ferengi chick sex program and be rubbing your lobes for an hour and a half uh i would definitely more than likely probably get stuck in there and have to yell computer arch arch goddamn it arch and nothing would happen and 
to come and save me. I also have, I would probably drain power and life support if I ever got to the Seven of Nine program. And uh, there'd be no space Olive Garden to take the chicks to, you know. The Seven of Nine program. Seven of Nine's just going to show up and be like, ah, you too? Everybody. (laughs) Everybody? Everybody? Everybody here? Everybody on this ship. Really? Don't you realize I can't take this suit off? It sustains my life. I mean, you know? and then I would probably get stuck on a date with Data's da- with Data's daughter, only to find out that you know he didn't have time to make her fully functional. And uh, as I was going through my last nightmare, I would probably get a blind date with Riker's uh, Soren girlfriend from the uh, episode Outcast, and I really wouldn't know who was supposed to make the first move. And you know that 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 would basically be my my luck in my world of the holodeck. I'm sure that I would have all those terrible things happen to me because that's the way Space Dario's luck is is going to roll, man. Uh, not me. No. It's it's probably better that mine don't work, but I think they probably would. <sighs> but you know what? It's a damn shame that I'm that you know won't be here. Although a friend of mine did have a very very convincing uh, uh like a video game that you had the what do you call it with you would you put the binoculars on oh and I, you can walk around i mean yeah. it's out there i mean there is i'm sure that there are you know the these these virtual uh yeah, sex things that you could have but yeah i, was but so, I know but i was give surprised. me a break there's yeah, there's well, not a combination of force fields and uh and such no. that make it truly immersive. And you could stop and have a hamburger right in the middle of it because it uses the same technology, basically, yeah. as we went ahead and covered on the first part of the show. Yeah, well, that's the thing about the holodeck is at the end you just turn everything in the holodeck into a ham- into a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. <The end. laughs> you would have people banging on the door, come on, Gonzalez, you've been in there six and a half hours. Get the hell out. Just mm-hmm. The whole line would be going up there and I would get my holodeck time taken away but but you know i'm definitely looking forward to holodecks i'm not going to be around if they're ever here but uh who knows maybe in my next life we'll uh, we'll get to have some well real here's holodecks here's to reincarnation or that will be downloadable by then there you go and and guys that's our look at holodeck um fantasies i definitely favor your freaky wookie sex uh on a cold night, there's nothing better than warming up to a warm it is. monkey. It's, it's, I think I'm going to call that one a chilly night on Kashyyyk. <laughs> and then there you go. You got some Dancing grand Kashyyyk fi- to Kashyyyk. You're not worried, Lumpy. Oh, it's, it's your program. Lumpy's not going to wake up, right? The the, the who's the, who's the, the the kid? What was the kid's name? Lumpy. Lumpy was the Lumpy. Who's the old man? The old man's Itchy. name Itchy. Yeah. Well, Lumpy's not going to wake up because this is before the stormtroopers tore up his Banta uh, stuffed animal. So yeah, he has that. He's, so he's, he's snuggling. Little Lumpy in Slumberland. Little Lumpy in Slumberland. Or you know, you could add a little more action. You'd have to keep it a little quiet. It's 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 your program. You know. Right. Minor right. minor worst case scenarios. You know. Fifth, but, fourth or fifth time through, I might you know I might wake up the house. Yeah, See what happens. I could definitely, you know, have have a Holly have Dryer a few stormtroopers bust in to get chucked out the door. Yeah. You know, Holly Dryer up. from high school would not say no to me. 
never. That's why it's a little bit rapey because I would say, you know, okay, you don't want to go out with me? Oh, you will tonight, whether you like it or not. So there's actually no rejection in the future because, you know, maybe that'll be the night of the the night at the disco where I go out disco dancing with Mala and all my old girlfriends show up and get jealous. Wouldn't that be perfect? Yes, it would all be. Like, all like two of my ex-girlfriends <laughs> would show up. A pantheon of, of two, but but hey, I would do it and make them sit in the corner and watch. How can I compete with a Wookiee? No, you, you can't. can't. There's lady. no way. No way you can. Bring that sucker into canon and I'll be happy. So... There you have it. Holodecks. Happy Thanksgiving. Be, be, be something to be thankful for. In, in the future, you can pretty much, you know, if I can't have you, no one will is not going to be an option. You're not going to have to worry about that because you can always have them no matter what in the future. Amen. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Now, Wookiee food isn't the greatest, but I'm sure that I can whip something up in the kitchen there that we can all eat. Uh, you don't mind, do you, Mala? Mala, when you come in the kitchen, I'll help it.